0: Welcome to the Revenue Accelerators podcast, a show featuring B2B sales and business leaders. Hosted by Accelogy founder and 19-year sales veteran with leadership experience in strategic, enterprise and telecom sales, Deep Triconod. This show uncovers strategies and techniques business leaders have used to go from 0 to 1 and beyond. If you enjoy this content, please subscribe, rate and review the show to help us reach more people. Revenue Accelerators is brought to you by Accelogy. We help B2B sales leaders improve sales performance by leveraging our patent-pending data-driven sales coaching systems. Find us at www.accelogy.com. Enjoy today's episode.
1: Hey, everyone. Thank you guys for joining Revenue Accelerators podcast. My name is Deep Trickinod, and today I'm with Gary Bierce of Aparity Soft. Um, And Gary, actually, uh, you could probably do a better introduction of yourself than I could. So please, for for our audience.
0: Thank you, Deep. Um, I am the uh, CEO and founder of Paritysoft. The company was originally founded in 2002 as the Kingston Group. It was a consulting firm. Um, We were able to get a patent around some enterprise risk management technology and uh, decided to shift the company from consulting to technology. And in around 2011, uh, formed it as RPM3 Solutions, and uh, we've been developing technology in the risk management
1: space ever since. Oh, um, wonderful! Yeah, and and what what is so? Is it is it go by a parity soft now, or is it still? RPM3? Yes, the
0: name of our product is a parity soft. Um, it uh, it mean it, it's built off the Latin word "aperio," so the notion of laying bare or seeing things plainly so we wanted to create a software product that you know looks at a business through the lens of risk so you can really expose it for what it really is and be able to identify um where areas improvement will make a huge difference in performance
1: with our customers yeah that's Um, great how did you come sorry go ahead
0: i say it's amazing is that it, it started off as being all about enterprise risk management but now today Uh, we've morphed into providing different services. We have three business lines now. We have our traditional Apparity Soft Solutions. We also have something we call A3S or Assessments as a Service. This is a trademark thing we've come up with. Basically leveraging this assessment engine we created uh, to make other solutions possible, scalable solutions possible. And then recently in the last year, we've teamed up with a company in New York called Perfectus Professional Solutions. We created a joint venture to bring a parity soft to the healthcare industry as well.
1: Fantastic. Yeah, you, you, uh, you're you kind of, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you kind of anticipated the question I was about to ask you and you answered it before I even got a chance to ask. (laughs) No, it's great. Uh, Thank you for that. And so, so how did you, I mean, you've been doing this for a little while, right? Has it always been a parody soft or rather the company um, has always like for the last.
0: It's always been about risk and in every one of the things we've done, it's really about risk management one way or another. Um, the, The risk management space has evolved quite a bit in the last 20 years or so and um, in all kinds of different directions. So what, one of the things that I've learned in my career, or at least over the last 20 years, is you have to be adaptable. You have to be able to move with the market. If you don't, then you're, you're not gonna find success. So you know, we've been trying to be very resilient, very flexible, and you know, be able to pivot when needed to, and see the opportunities when the market's changing. And uh, that's what we've been doing. That's how we ended up with three different
1: lines of business today. That, that's awesome. So so like how, how, I mean, it clearly seems like you're pretty agile or the, the organization is, but how did you get started? If we can kind of take a, a quick trip. Well, out, I'm, a, I'm an
0: life. early pioneer in enterprise risk management. I was the uh, director of global risk management for more business forms. I don't know if you can remember that far back. uh, (laughs) yes Moore was one of the original big companies of canada once upon a time and uh, i joined them in the late 90s the mandate to joining them was can you figure out how to make risk management strategic (laughs) i like that for a mandate so (laughs) uh i i went on the search to understand what was going on in the evolution of risk management and uh in, in different circles, and this notion of integrated risk management, which is what we call enterprise risk management today, uh, was was evolving quickly uh, under some leadership of guys like Dr. James Lamb, was one of the, the key uh, visionaries of the time. Uh, most of the people that were looking at this concept were in the financial services space. So here I was in a manufacturing organization, and I needed to figure out how do I you know, change, change the processes enough to fit how manufacturers operate and think in their cultures and so forth. And then coming up with a program for more, it took about three years, but we we got it. We pulled it together. Um, the, the big uh, splash happened when they said, okay, let's try this thing out now on our worst division, which was our Latin American division at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had never made money. I think their last year was a fifteen million dollar operating loss. Ouch! So, so with this new program, this enterprise risk management program, um, they were able to turn it around from fifteen million in loss to fifteen million in profit—a thirty million dollar turnaround in one wow. year. Wow!
1: You so, know, so uh, actually, for just just if we could take a step back, actually, and let's just kind of define risk management for for everyone listening, if they're not familiar with it. If you can kind of summarize,
0: I guess the best way for people who are novices at this is tell them what it's not. Okay. It's not insurance. Okay. It's not compliance. It's not the audit shop. Okay. Uh, Enterprise risk management is really about understanding the portfolio of risks across the enterprise that affect your strategic performance. So what this did was provide a different lens into the organization so that they can see where they are being impacted by their environment internally and externally, and therefore take initiatives that would attack the top things, and by doing so, should increase the probability of success. That, that's but, awesome. That's, that, that's a fabulous definition. That's what we've done. Yeah.
1: yeah that's great. Um, so VeritySoft
0: so is a platform that does that, right? It, yeah. it flows through that logic, that risk management logic.
1: Okay. And so you went from doing this manually at more, you kind of built the program yeah. from, sc- from scratch, right? And then you've kind of automated it with the Oh, I went program?
0: out to do consult- consulting first,
1: right? Okay. I developed a patent on a way to do some
0: cost of risk metrics, on on enterprise risk. Um, But it really wasn't until after the cost of risk metric was automated, we were called to do a risk management exercise, a risk assessment in Mexico. Mexico had recently adopted the Basel II um, standards for their own and created a regulation. I don't recall the regulation name now, but all financial services firms needed to do a risk assessment on themselves okay and produce what they call the risk map and had to deliver that annually to the regulators so this this small insurance company was looking for some help on how to do that and they threw a stipulation out there they said well the consulting firm that we hire has to have their own software to support it so i went to my my tech team which were my new partners and said hey guys you know you think we can develop beyond the cost risk metric and create something to deal with risk assessment work. And that's where ParitySoft was born. So, what they did was they programmed uh, the different modules I needed just ahead of me going into the client. So, with ParitySoft, the ParitySoft was a purpose built software tool that was designed to get the job done in a live project, right? Mm-hmm. The client liked what they saw, they liked their, their results, and then we brought it back. And start showing some of our clients and prospects, and they were blown away at what they were seeing. And this was in its raw form, Deep. Yeah. I mean, this was not, you know, in its fancy, uh, purdy, I say purdy form that we have it today. <laughs> it was in a raw form, and people were like, wow, this is the kind of stuff that we've been looking for. And so we immediately pivoted around the Perisoft talk about being agile. We pivot around a uh, Perisoft, got it into a commercially viable form and then start going to market with it. That was about eight years ago.
1: That's, well, that's awesome. Um, and, yeah. and, can, and so that, that start that's the kind of the onset of the story. But then in terms of like, you've taken, now you have a product that seems somewhat unique in the space. Um, how do you, how did you go beyond that one opportunity, that one prospect or client?
0: Well, that, of course, that's always the hard part, right? Is to start doing that. We had a small cadre of, of team members that were sales oriented, Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and start focusing on prospecting. So it was a combination of uh, of LinkedIn uh, networking exercises. It was a combination of some conference work and, and so forth to start developing one by one customer upon customer that would you know help us get the feedback on the product we need, but also get the revenue necessary to keep the pro- process moving. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, I suspect, I presume you've found some success doing that or have you had? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And actually, you know, what's been amazing is that uh, I would say that COVID was one of the best things that ever happened to us. Okay. Okay. And the reason it's, it's, why is a lot of talent really uh, subject matter, expert talent um, entered the marketplace, not wanting to work for corporates any longer. Yep. So we true. are a virtual company. I'm looking for virtual talent. I start networking out there on a higher level through LinkedIn. And one mm-hmm. by one, I'm meeting people that could uh, be part of our company and get boots on the ground
1: and start bringing our product forward. Interesting. So, so, so does that mean, I mean, I'm kind of curious, actually, pre-COVID, were you predominantly kind of the Maryland region we, we, still were, we
0: still had people scattered about, but we only had a few folks. We didn't have enough boots on the ground to build a pipeline fast enough mm-hmm. um, to, to get ahead with the market. Now we do, right? Now we yep. have, uh, I think we're up to, uh, our firm's still small, but we, I think we're up to 20 people now.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Um,
0: and, you know, in, in all three of those segments, right? So it's, it, it's, it's it, fascinating. It, it,
1: so given that, you, you know, you mentioned you're mostly remote, like how big is you, Do you have an office that people? No, kind no, of go we've to?
0: never had an office. I mean, that's where COVID hit. We we're like, so what's the big deal? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's all.
0: Yeah. That's,
1: yeah, that's great. You know,
0: I mean, we, I mean, from our inception in 2002, I mean, back then it was go-to meeting. Yep. was the way that we came together. But um, I mean, I, I think I'm one of their, best, I don't know if I'm the best customer, but I'm definitely one of the higher used customers. I'm probably on Zoom today. Um, I probably spend five to six hours in zoom every day.
1: All right. Wow. Okay. So zoom is zoom is your platform of choice on conducting. That's the most recent
0: platform of choice. Yes. Okay. So we've bounced around to a couple over the years, but zoom is the, the most recent one. Yeah.
1: So then your current go to market, you mentioned LinkedIn. Um, I, I presume a little bit of word of mouth. I don't know if there's any referral. Well,
0: LinkedIn, the, the LinkedIn's. Over, I mean, I've learned to have a lot of respect for LinkedIn. I mean, in terms of uh, a marketing tool, uh, we partnered with uh, a gentleman in, in Canada. Uh, the name of his firm is is, is uh, Brick Consulting. Mm-hmm. And what I liked about it, his name is Brian Crew. He's the uh, the president of the company. Brian takes an interesting strategy with LinkedIn. What he what he believes is that LinkedIn should be a way to be a force multiplier. Yeah. Or say say deep, you're the salesperson, right? Yep. You're trying to reach into this database in LinkedIn to find prospects for yourself, right? Yep. What he can do for you is the first find the target market, you know, do the research on your behalf and target the right people and then begin a messaging campaign. That's not him speaking, but how you would reach out. Yeah. Right. So now rather than you onesie twosie during the day, trying to get out and network, he'll be doing networking on, you know, the scales of hundreds. Yeah. You know, every single day.
1: And is so that... Given- yeah is that is that kind of is that working so so similar to, to to this gentleman that's kind of like it's a new channel right so before it was e- actually it was rewind like you know a couple decades It was just phone calls like cold calling then it yeah. kind of expanded to email um and then maybe so So linkedin is kind of the current trend or i would say one of them well, what um,
0: i would call it is it's a great supplemental program right yeah so we would right now our success runs between um I'm going to say two out of five to three out of five contacts made through LinkedIn are actually prospective customers.
1: Wow. That's huge. You found it. This is what Brian can do for you. Right. That's amazing. So, so have you been able to like, so you found that to be when you say prospective customers, um, is it yourself that does the pitch? Like who does it? Do you have a sales team?
0: Every single salesperson has their own LinkedIn account and Brian works through them, through their voice to reach okay. out to people in their target market. And, awesome. it, and, and- it, it, what's, what's fascinating about Brian's strategy is that not only does he, uh, increase your first connections in LinkedIn, um, like I'll give you an example. When I got started with Brian, which was about two years ago. I think I had 590 connections. Okay. Today, two years later, I'm approaching 9,000.
1: Wow. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> That's awesome.
0: You know, it's that That's kind impressive. of increase. So that basically, I'm at a point right now anybody in LinkedIn is either a second or third connection. I mean, like I was watching somebody on television recently, and I just went ahead and went on LinkedIn to see if they're out there. Yep. and I'm a second connection with them. I mean, that's how <laughs> many. I mean, it's like that Kevin Bacon thing now, you know? I mean, <laughs> that's true. Two really degrees. But, degree. what, but, but what Brian can do through the sales navigation, not sales navigator tools at LinkedIn. He, can, I can say, Brian, I want to target all the CEOs in the Northeast that are in uh, the consulting space. Yep. Right. he he can find every last one of them and he can start messaging them. Right. And and what we do is, you know, we try to keep our sales process very simple, deep. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the first step is all this lead gen stuff, right? So lead gen is either Brian or it's personal, right? Personal. What we tell our salespeople to do is look, don't go overboard, make it manageable for yourself. We want you personally to try to be making five contacts, five, um, touch points with a target group every day. So that means they have 50 that they're constantly working at all times. Okay. Yeah. So that 50, you think about it, if some drop out, meaning they get calls with them, they have to go do the research to find who they're going to put on top, right? Yeah. They coordinate with Brian and say, "Brian, this is the messaging I'm going after these 50. If you run into them on LinkedIn, make sure the messaging is the same." So Got they're it. hitting them in different ways. So personally, they might try calling them. They might try emailing them. You know, it's through those uh, uh, types of media that they're doing it personally. Brian is purely through LinkedIn messaging.
1: Got it. Right. Okay.
0: So that, so the goal here, so we have six steps. The goal is to go from lead gen to the what we call the 15-minute call. So yeah. the 15-minute call is the first of all, I've targeted you deep, but do you really have the pain that I'm looking for to know that you're fit for my product. Right. And if I can determine that in the 15 minutes, then I'm I'm immediately asking you, let's continue the conversation. Right. And and we're going to continue our conversation until you express more about where, what's going on with your uh, organization, the pain. And, you know, then I can start discussing solution. Right.
1: And have you found that, that, that's enough or do you have another kind of marketing and or outreach program in addition to we've
0: been contemplating now that now that the uh the dust is settled on COVID, maybe circling back around to conferences mm-hmm. on a larger scale um, okay and and find you know where our buyers would normally would be and and work that angle it, is that uh, we, is, is we that hosting campaigns and such as well
1: okay uh, it is, but is the posting campaign mostly on LinkedIn or do you use the other social media platforms like... Uh,
0: mostly LinkedIn. Because of what the kind of business we are, you know Facebook would not work for us. I don't yep. think Instagram would work for us. Um, okay. We're B2B sales, which is also something unique. I mean, before we get too deep into to sales processes and so yeah. forth, my experience over the last 20 years is that many salespeople come into the B2B market and they completely misunderstand what they're doing.
1: Hundred percent. Right.
0: They yes. got this image of selling, right? I've got this product. I got to know what I got to push, push, push. A lot of businesses go wrong doing the push, push, push. Yep. I guess if you've got enough money behind you and enough numbers, you know, it's going to, you're going to get some success, but the reality is we're problem solvers, right? Yeah. You know, we're here to be able, you need to have some level of subject matter expertise to go in and look at a company, talk to them, understand where they're struggling and say, wow, you know, that's what we do. I I have a solution for you, right? And it will help you in this many ways. It's going to save you this amount of money. This is your ROI, you know, to be able to get into that conversation. If I'm push, 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 I'm never going to get there, you know?
1: Yeah, it's not dialing for dollars. It's it's not boiler room. Right, Um, right. uh, Absolutely. So So the people
0: we look for have to be subject matter experts. They can't just be generic salespeople. I've tried it. And every time I did, they failed miserably.
1: Interesting. They fell right on their face. So, so, actually, I'm going to dig deeper on that piece. So, you know, in sales, there's a spectrum, right? Sales performance, there's you got your top 20%, the way I categorize them, at least top 20%, yeah. middle 60% of sales performers, and then your bottom 20. The bottom 20 tend to be probably, you know, probably not in the right job. Right. Um, and then the top 20, when, when from a sales management, sales coaching standpoint, they're, um, they're not broken. There's nothing to fix. Let's let them keep going. Leave them alone. Yeah. yeah. And the challenge really comes for any business owner, as I've found at least, um, is in that middle 60. How do you move them towards yeah. the top 20, right? Right. And so what you said in terms of trying to hire the right people and, and all of that, that's that's key. Um, do you, Have you found that experience like on that middle 60? And have you, have you th- thought about how you... Like what are some techniques you've used for your sales team? to get them to to be more efficient, to is there a document, a playbook that you've leveraged?
0: How I you- wish I did. I wish there was a simple playbook to to convert everybody into our top performers. Um mm-hmm. sometimes it's it's you know they are just not motivated to go to that level. Right. That's true, what yeah. I what I what I find is with top performers is they think out of the box. Yep. They for example, our whole assessment as a service business line came from our top salesperson having the creativity to see this as a scalable market, right? Yeah. So what is it about that top guy? He he doesn't just want to make a sale. He wants scalable business. He wants yeah. he wants revenue that's gonna just go on fire, right? Yeah. So yeah. what he saw was, look, I don't want to be selling a $200,000 solution here and there, and it's going to take me six months to close the deal. I want to close the deal in a month, and I want to work with companies that are going to use the product, and they're going to just exponentially blow it up, yep. right? So he started focusing on like system integrators and consulting firms and saying, look, how would you like to have a tool that is a sophisticated assessment tool that you can now deploy to your target customers, offering them a cheap, value-added assessment. And the, he picked information security as the area. It's a hot topic, right? Yep. Yep. So, so we, for him, developed a health check, right? And this health check now is being offered to his clients' customers where they're, our price to them, say, is... You know five hundred dollars i'm not going to tell you the actual price yeah, yeah yeah, but to say it's five hundred dollars and they are, they're going to sell for a thousand dollars this this assessment okay yep. so we're each sharing half and half in this in this product but they now are, are looking for the feedback from the client who's now paying them think about this now so their sales teams are being paid they're making a little bit of commission Yep. to get all the information they need to sell them on all the other stuff they want to sell them.
1: Yeah. That's huge. Right. right. And, and that, that it's a win-win, right? Um, for yeah. you guys, for the little so guy he came
0: up with this yeah. notion. And now we're talking to a consultant firm consulting firms that are going to take a, uh, like, like for instance, one of them that is in Canada, um, they're talking about doing a thousand of these a year at a thousand dollars a piece. Right, Amazing. so yeah. So now that's a million dollar client, right? Yep. And every yep. single client now has a million dollar potential. That's top performers. They're the ones who come up with these kinds of concepts.
1: Yeah, right? that that's true. But but they could now. The question for you is, how do you? So there's a certain transaction component to that way of thinking, right? So like once they put a plan, similar to how you built the business from scratch in the first right. place. um, Once you have an idea and it's somewhat repeatable, then you could hire those lower level. They don't need to come up with these great ideas, but they can kind of execute on a plan that was given to them. Do you see that happening as you look forward? I see
0: them maybe finding the organizations uh, to a certain point where they can plug in the top performer salespeople to bring them to the finish line. Got it. So more like like taking that that opener versus closer strategy, right? yeah yeah and that and that's how we can that's how how can we have another force multiplier to take this already scalable business to an exponential scale is what you just described
1: yes yes like because this this one guy can't like While it's a great idea he came up with the idea and it's it it, you know it's probably going to work um he himself is not scalable right meaning like Exactly. The one sure. guy isn't. So how do how do right. you how does Gary now take that concept and scale it throughout the organization? And that's kind of what I'm like curious. Yeah. Like, have you thought through that? How, how
0: yeah, so? I additional boots on the ground that can do this very thing. But we've now you know completely retooled our business to focus on this concept now. Okay. So now we're looking for different ideas, right? So where the one individual may be focusing on cyber, cyber, uh, you know, information security that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, another person might be focusing on food safety and another person going to be looking at uh, how about um, the, the emerging cannabis industry and, and taking these cowboys and making them licensed
1: dispensaries. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, so that, that's, that, that, that sounds like you guys are poised. You're poised to hockey stick to, at some point.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what we really are. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, 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 I have the faith to believe that hockey stick's going to be happening here. We're very gradually you know, putting points on the board, but this is going to explode. I mean, yeah. the guy who originally came up with the whole idea, he, that, that original customer, mm-hmm. they, they now have a single... This is kind of what's happened. They had a single salesperson who found a single client who has 1,500 customers, and that client of theirs wants our client... To, to send out these assessments to all 1,500 within a 12-month period of time. Dang. Wow. All right. So then that happens, and the other 10 customer, uh, other 10 uh, uh, account execs for our client, right, are now hearing that story, right? Yeah. So now they are now poised to be looking to be doing this with their customers. The CEO is in a sales meeting, and this has all happened recently, and the CEO says, I want each one of you by next Monday to come up with three target customers like what this other guy did.
1: Is your platform white-labeled for those guys? To some extent, yes. What we We do, we we deploy a separate
0: website for every customer. Okay. Right. And they can put their own pictures on it, and make it their own and you know, uh but yeah, I mean it, it's principally it's their thing and they're 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 branding it as a health check is what they're doing. That's that's,
1: that's fantastic Gary. I'm I'm really happy for you. Congratulations on on doing all this. Is you know,
0: there let's, let's pop that cork when it, they all really roll in, but
1: I'll be um, watching.
0: I'll be watching. Um, I already brought the example up deep because scalability and paths of scalability, I think, are the secret to revenue growth. Which you opened up with that whole discussion. You know, yep. f- scalable business is how you become super successful, right? Um, True. And it's got to be repeatable, like you said. It's got to be repeatable and scalable. Yeah. When you stumble on it, it's like finding a pearl out in the middle of a field, right? sell everything. So you can buy that, buy that field. Yes. And grab that pearl. All right. Absolutely.
1: Uh, you nailed it on, you, you nailed it on the head. Um, well, thank you, Gary, for, for taking the time to chat with us. Um, is there anything that that I didn't ask you that you would like to mention?
0: Um, patience. I mean, a lot of times these things don't happen overnight. Um, you got to really judge your people based on their fortitude to stay with it. And, you know, to continue to put these things in place. And when they do, then, you know, it it all begins to, to happen for you. Right. You just, you know um, I know a lot of companies, they say, well, I don't have time for that. Well, you know, sometimes things don't always work as you, you think they are. Here's one last piece of wisdom. Don't worry about everything being perfect. Before you go make the sale.
1: Oh man, what a, that's a huge nugget, hundred
0: percent. I mean, uh, I, I can't tell you how frustrating it is. I mean, I thought I you know need to get all my ducks in a row ahead of time. Meanwhile, the ship <laughs> goes by. Right yeah. now, when I see that ship, I'm going out and I'm flagging them. Right, <laughs>
1: you, and you make it happen. It's like that the Nike commercial just do it.
0: That's it. You you don't waste time. You get you get things in motion you get their interest, get them to share your vision, and then they can accept a little bit of, of smudge on the, on the paint job until you can buff it out. Right. Yep.
1: That, and, no, that's, that's, that's huge advice. It's, it's fabulous. And for everyone listening, hopefully um, you got those, I mean, the, the kind of main takeaways, right. Are, are scale patience and, and kind of not waiting for perfection, just kind of make it happen. Um, yeah. You're
0: um, shaking a lot of trees. You just got to keep shaking.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I, I love it. Thank you, Gary. Thank oh, you, you for, of deep. for participating. Um, and for those listening, we will catch you on the other side. Thank you much.
0: Be sure to check us out at www.excelogy.com.